The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our return guest today, Valerie Varan, is a licensed professional counselor in private practice and the author of the book Living in a Quantum Reality Using Quantum Physics and Psychology to Embrace Your Higher Consciousness. Valerie spoke on the quantum nature of light and love at this year's IONS conference in Denver. And if you haven't already done so, I'd suggest you listen to last Monday's show on the uh, quantum nature of light as an analogy for the spiritual, physical nature of being human. On today's show, we're going one step further to see if there's a quantum explanation for the nature of love. So, Valerie, welcome back to NDE Radio. Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me. So excited to be able to talk about all these things. Isn't it? It's it's wonderful. And uh, this is giving us a language... I think it's the language that maybe Raymond Moody has been searching for, uh, a, a different language than our normal rational brain uh, usually falls back into. Before we begin, I'd like to reference an experience I had as a hospital chaplain. I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but it's uh, it's always in my mind when I'm thinking about these things. I was in a room, a family loved this uh uh, great grandfather, uh, the family was there encouraging him and saying not to worry that uh, his death was going to be a blessing. And when he died, the room was filled with what I would call almost a honey like a feeling of a golden light that you couldn't really see, but you knew it was there and it was golden and immense love. And um, when I think back on, on that experience, it's only happened to me once, and I, I would certainly welcome it again. I'm, I think I'd, I'd just like to know the difference between that light that I was seeing, feeling, and the love that it contained um, was was all about. Um, I don't know. Is there a love vibration that harmonizes with God's vibration? Uh, is that what it, is that what we're supposed to be learning here on Earth? Anyway, I'll turn it over to you, Valerie. Oh, beautiful. I would even love to be able to hear, you know, all of your thoughts about it because I think we are all receiving different downloads uh, about the nature of all of this depending on where we are in a certain time. Um, Where to begin on that? So there you felt that beautiful presence and saw this beautiful light and you just kind of knew the light was golden. And the love sounds like it just penetrated the entire room. It did. those of you who were in this entire room. And notice last week we talked about light, and we talked about the nature of reality being light, and the nature of this light being a holographic array or a ladder with different rungs. And each time we, we go through a different rung, we're transitioning into different frequency bands. And so they go from much faster speeds of light down to much slower speeds. So the rainbow gives us that. The analogy of coat of many colors gives us that. So notice that in a rainbow, there's the unifying white light, right? White light hides all those beautiful colors. Mm. And that's really important because 
white light is a unifying energy light. It's the unified state. But it's interesting how together is this beautiful white light, but embedded within, you can start seeing the various colors when we start breaking it out into its various speeds. And I think what you felt in that room was a higher frequency of light that so quickens every cell in our body, every atom in our body, we can feel the energy increasing. And every time you go up in frequency of light, your energy increases. And I think this amazing, like most healers will say, when healing happens in the most miraculous kinds of ways, we enter these quickened states that we call love. Right? We don't know what else to call it. So we're calling it love because it takes us over. We are vibrating so at this higher level that notice if you really go there in meditation or in a spiritual experience, it's a unifying experience. So unifying energy is this collectiveness, a collective a collective array of energy, a, correct, a collective array of light. And notice in that we tend to dissolve our egoic consciousness mm-hmm. and we enter a state of unified consciousness, of collective consciousness with just like light. And again, they're probably just two aspects of the same thing, just like wave and particle. So we enter the collective, we enter the unifying we're entering the holographic. So we have immediate con- um, immediate connection to the whole, to that which unifies to the collective. So no wonder in experience it feels like love. We certainly would call it peak and unifying experiences of consciousness. And again, as all energy carrying uh, information, it's all light. Yes. I know in one of the slides you used in your presentation at IONS, you said um, resonance allows an amplifying effect, and you referred to where two or more are gathered in my name. That 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 that, um, and then it allows for addition. You said so amplitudes can be greater than for either wave alone. Yes. And you can feel that, right? So when you were in that room with all of those people who already were not in their egoic consciousness, they were reaching collective states that love allowed them to leave their particle nature and enter more their energy nature that was even connected with the loved one. I think you said their grandfather. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, there were several generations there who were all just so loving to him. And, and you know, at a, for one moment, I didn't know whether this was God's love coming down or their love going up <laughs> or whether the merging of the two was happening in the room at the same time. You know what I love about that and where it takes us to the quantum is there's esoteric descriptions that love is the intersection between time and space between the vertical and the horizontal, and that's Mm. the symbol of the cross. 
Yes. Of course, Christ, you know, ended up having the symbol of the cross. And so if we think of, let's say, all is now, we can kind of get a glimpse of what that might mean, that time is all now. It's at the unifying place. But then we can get that glimpse of the horizontal, where it's now spreading out into its array of, you know, the rainbow array, if you will, that we call space. But if love is the intersection in time and space, then, right, we can say when we tap into wholeness, we are tapping into God. And so is God coming down, or are we joining God, or at that moment, are we all one? It's the unifying aspect, I believe. Yeah, vibrating at the same frequency. Okay, now just for... uh uh, to to break into this conversation with something less uh, um, illuminating, what about evil? Is that a lower vibration or is that a non-vibration? Oh, fascinating. So um, one question would be, is there even such a thing as a non-vibration since it seems like everything is... Um, vibrating, so maybe we rule that out. Even when we think of the quantum field of potentiality, it just feels like, um, you know, people who, who felt they experienced something like that felt like they, you know, were feeling the sparkles and the pregnant energy that was embedded with it. So evil. Um, you know, in in esoteric um, forms uh, of talking about it, I love how um, it's referred to as really more ignorance, right? It's kind of like this absence of God consciousness, absence of collective consciousness. But then no wonder ego and evil started getting more synonymous or, um, you know, we started seeing our physical nature as evil, um, which I think is our human misconception. Um, mm-hmm. So I believe that as we start identifying more with our particle nature rather than that wholeness wave you know, that beautiful light energy, then we're starting to feel more and more separateness and notice that our consciousness is really falling. So notice fallen, you know, angels that have fallen, Lucifer falling. So in falling, it's like we're coming down the rung so that we are vibrating very, very slowly. And if we, as let's say red, are way too far from, let's say, the violets of God, the gold and the white light of God, then we will not perceive God because our vibration is too far away. So the higher the ladder we go, the more like God we become because we become more conscious, more perceiving of the God within. The lower the quickening, the lower the vibration the more we're actually just feeling our separateness. And so no wonder then fear takes over and no wonder we begin to have the capacity for what we say evil acts or violent acts or, you know, harmful acts because there our consciousness is more, um, again, you know, not perceiving God, it's more fearful, and so we're in that very instinctive, reactive, um, preserve the self kind of mode. Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to, like to make an analogy of, say, FM radio, you can tune to one frequency and hear heavy metal, or on the other hand, you can tune up and, and get 
Gregorian chant, perhaps on a on a uh, classical music station. And that's a great, great analogy because for the listeners who also know Masaru Emoto's work uh, with water crystals, uh, basically he was able to show that heavy rock metal music actually when he starts looking at the frozen crystalline structure of the water, it's very, it basically looks like we would perceive pollution to look. And the beautiful Gregorian chants look like the most ornate, you know, beautiful crystals and diamonds, like the ornate structure. It's so complex and it's so geometric and it's, it is amazingly beautiful, beautiful compared to that more blob, disintegrated, um, fractured. It, it just it doesn't look like the geometry anymore. It looks like it just looks like a drop of sludge. <laughs> <laughs> you also had a, a really interesting quote from, and I'm probably going to mispronounce his name, Anyaban Bandio Bahe Padhe. Yeah, right. I don't know. My best is Anurban Bandio Padre. Oh, that sounds that's a, that sounds right. But anyway, speaking of music, um, mm-hmm. uh, let me read this back to you. From the Planck wor- world to the entire universe is a chain of vibrations, harmonics, and frequencies. Consciousness is a network of flutes. Each flute is a fractal cavity resonator. So is the neuron, and even proteins. Neurons are changing structure all the time, like compositions of music. The body is a string of vibration. I thought that was terrific. Oh, I love Anurban's work and, um, you know, really helping us understand that within the tubulins of the microtubules within the neurons, he's finding these quantum vibrations and he's realizing it's all movement, it's all dance, it's all rhythm. Mm. And so no wonder whatever metaphor we want to use is, is accurate, right? Clocks within clocks, flutes within flutes, um, because it's all this beautiful dance. And like we um, kind of explained last week, each, no matter how far down that quantum rabbit hole you go, no matter how small the particle, it still has a very unique uh, arrangement of music, we could say, or we could say a unique uh, kaleidoscope of energy, a unique, um, you know, a very unique pattern. And it's that pattern that guides our material construction. You have um, some folks like the the mystic, the um, Sufi mystics, the whirling dervishes, who are dancing to uh, reach a state of ecstasy, which might be in harmony with their own atoms. Yeah, it's well, and it, I think it really is this process of how do we <clears throat> how do we go from that pattern, which is our more own particle pattern which is further away from the God-wholeness unifying aspect, or what can we do? And I think that's where what we seek in meditation and whirling dervishes, uh, motions, and what have you. We're seeking ways, uh, or even, right, shamanic um, <clears throat> use of rattles and music and collective singing. The more collective we do, so let's say if you have a lot of singers singing or musicians playing or dancers dancing, the more in unison we go, here's actually what happens at that physics level. Each of our energies, there they are in motion, and 
they begin to resonate with one another, which means the peaks and valleys of their energy start moving more in concert with one another. And guess what happens when that happens? The, the two waves do start amplifying because they start sharing information, and that takes us into what's called entrainment. And so we're now having a mutual, so let's say two dancers, now they're resonating, they're all in sync, then they start, their energy starts sharing one another's energy and information. So now you come, um, each of you are influencing the other's energy. And as that happens, it's almost like, um, it's almost like you're gathering it from each side, right? It's like we're being spooned from the one left and spooned from the right until we develop a resonant frequency. So the bandwidth of red or the bandwidth of yellow, it doesn't mean every single thing has the exact same motion, but it's a relative motion. And and now we pick up the collective properties of that. And so here we are dancing. Now we really are acting as one because we've influenced each other so much. We're in the same resonant frequency and we really truly become a collective. So where two or more gathered, now we really are amplifying and you know, the whole is more than the sum of the parts. It's a beautiful energy. And I think, you know, energy healers start resonating with with God, if you will, you know, with like something way beyond the material. You're doing what we just said, but now you're you're reaching up into what we, what our human minds can conceive as that which is so beyond and that which is so, you know, we have this beautiful beneficent intention to heal and, and make whole, to unify. And so we tap into that collective energy of God. We become one with the collective, which is why we have peak experiences where all is one, healing happens. Because that higher energy influences the material construction of the lower. So that's how you can even have a spontaneous remission. Because there in those higher frequency domains of the collective of the unifying energies, Disease doesn't exist. Disease only starts happening when the energy, kind of like what we just said with the music, when the energy starts becoming really scattered rather than mm-hmm. coherent or unified, it's the scattering that creates disease. The uh, quantum biologists have found that within us. It's our scattering of energy. It's like that pollution energy disease sets in. Wouldn't it be nice if they taught these things in uh, medical school? Oh, wow. I know. What decade ahead are we having to work for that? <laughs> there were uh, four terms you used in your in your talk, entrainment, which you just described, coherence, entanglement, and harmonics. And I took them all to mean different forms of relationship. But are, are, is that right? Am I correct in that? Uh, so we could say, um, uh, let's take one at a time. Let's throw one of them out. Take, uh, take one of the terms and give me one of the terms. We'll take it one oh. at a time. Well, how about uh, we did entrainment. Let's try coherence. Okay, so here's the beautiful thing about coherence. So once you've um, resonated and entrained, the energies are cohering together, right? Like in resonance, they're starting to get closer and closer, 
and and in training now they've mutually influenced one another. They're becoming more coherent. They're becoming more, guess what, laser-like in their light. Hmm. Scattering is more like a scattered flashlight, laser-like. And notice even in medical, you were just referring to medical, like medical lasers have great power, right? We started having all kinds of advances with laser because coherent energy is laser-like. I see. Mm -hmm. Entanglement. And so an entanglement, we're beyond the electromagnetic spectrum because we're beyond the rules of time and space. So when we're entangled, we're up in those, okay, now we can also say harmonics. So if all of this is an array, there's harmonics, right? We were talking about honorbon and flutes within flutes within flutes. It's kind of like, um, like if you think of a piano, you've got octaves, you know, and then octaves and octaves and octaves. So harmonics are like those octaves. Harmonics are the way that you have these resonant frequencies, but then you have the harmonics of those, right? So we're really like this unbelievable piano <laughs> keyboard <laughs> that goes from way up there to God to way down here to our lonely, like most evil self that's so devoid of the, the you know perception of God. So we are these harmonics, but in the entangled state, we're beyond the separation. We're there in the now. We're there in the collective where it's all synchronized as one. You also used a a phrase, non-local collective holographic nature like soul beyond space-time, which I thought was fascinating. So, yeah, right, we're we're going up there beyond the rules of space and time. And, um, okay, this is related, and it's a little slowed down to the, to the um, kind of unifying um, phrase that you just gave me, right, quoting one of my things. It was a very, I was kind of summarizing and putting some things together. But if we back up here for, for a little bit, Here's what I love. We were talking last time about Einstein and theory of relativity, and and we talked about how we have this particle nature and we have this wave nature. And then there comes Einstein, who he starts realizing that without gravity, if you aren't in the presence of a gravitational field, then motion is relative. When he discovered that, he actually started discovering that gravity is inherently a property of time and space. Mm. So when we're without gravity, we're, we're, we kind of are beyond time and space. And I love that because I have always wondered if um, gravity and soul energy were a similar thing and if that is love as the unifying um, act of creation, right? Because we start saying how God is light and God is love. Mm-hmm. Well, what if there God is at that collective nature? It's the hologram, right? We talked about a hologram is um, the, the definition of hologram in this context is within each part lies the information for the whole. So no wonder we all have these abilities to go up and down the scale of this amazing piano like we do, because we can tap in at will. We can tap in with realizing it's possible to tap in. 
you know, if you don't think it's possible, you don't even ask the question. But once you start becoming realizing, you know, it's possible to tap in, you tap in and you experience what is there, whether you're experiencing grandfather's energy in that room or you're experiencing God energy or you experience the energy of everyone's energy in that room coming together. So we're tapping into these these holograms, different places in the holograms, and you can tap in at that huge collective part of the hologram when you're in wholeness, or you can just tap into the person next to you, or you can only just tap into yourself. And so, and so what if, as we are going from the whole down to the particle, we're going from that huge array of energy of light as whole light, but now we're coming down to the particle how beautiful if the soul, as it starts, you know, coming down the rung, what if that is what we perceive as gravity, the energy of gravity? Because notice it's cohering. Notice it calls, like the Pied Piper, it calls Adam to be a part of it rather than the things surrounding it. William Bankston, healer, um, he has a book called The Energy Cure. He, he called himself an atheist and skeptic, but then next thing you know, he was doing um, energy healing and healing mice of mammary cancer that before that in the literature had a 100% fatality rate. And then next thing you know, he's saying, I only want skeptics, and I'm going to take these students who absolutely don't believe in anything like this. I only want skeptics, and yet they kept healing this mice because they were doing laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he notices how if you get out of the way, and a lot of healers will say that you have to get out of the way, the egoic consciousness has to get out of the way. If you're even sitting there wanting to heal, wanting to heal, wanting to heal, you're actually, you know, it's more ego energy. Mm-hmm. So you get out of the healing energy. So, um, so what if the soul, when we feel the energy of the soul, we're actually feeling an energy of gravity, which actually calls the particles to itself as in as it's materializing so notice what's happening at that point is um it's it's developing a um you know it's becoming more part-like and Mm -hmm. it still has that unique snowflake of energy but it's cohering atoms in a very particular way to its body like i said like the pied piper Anyway, what comes up when I say all of that? I know I, I know these topics are hard to cover because none of us have a complete foundation for even having these discussions, but we're going for it anyway. Yes. <laughs> well, it, it, it sounds almost as you're describing it like gravity is the in the particle wave breakup of you know, our definition of light being both particle and wave. It's almost like. Uh, gravity is a counterforce to God because God is drawing us in on the wave side and gravity is drawing us in on the particle side? I I believe that's accurate because even in the theory of relativity, um, time and space basically was more related to the gravity field. Yes. And, and the more we pulled away from gravity, the more time and space were just really so relative and so no wonder it starts moving towards spooky action at a distance which means we're moving towards non-local energy energy which it's not having some local effect right it's like it's not because you feel my heat that you're a foot away from me 
it's um, it's it's called non-local because uh, you know a particle could be in London and a particle could be in California, and they I'm obviously using loose terms here, but let's say they start tickling the particle in London and it reacts. Well, the one in California reacts at the exact same um, time. You know, it mirrors the effect. So this is not electromagnetic energy. This is not energy that's taking time and space to travel. It's entangled non-local energy where it's all right. It's timeless and probably gravity related. Valerie, before we run out of time, which is what's mm-hmm. happening right now. I wanted oh, to read. Mm-hmm. I wanted to read your definition of pure love, which was on the last slide in your talk. If that's all right with you. Sure. This is so beautiful. This is this is quantum and poetry mixed. So let me just read this. Pure love is an energy so strong it builds universes out of its vibration. An energy so complex it can only be described multidimensionally, holographically transforming visible universe into unseen multiverse with its song and falling back again in a gyration of rhythmic breath. The energy of expansion and creativity that streams through all things and glues us together in oneness. The sun to the moon, the source of light on high casting, a whirling net of shadows below. The quantum field of consciousness itself, born of spirit, infused into matter, quickening life out of apparent nothingness, bringing awareness into being and subjectivity into objectivity, a spectrum of synchronistic collective activity and movement perceived or not, streaming through every form and structure in some diluted fashion, unconditional, unyielding, unlimited. I think that is so incredibly beautiful, Valerie. Oh, thank you. That might have been the first time it's really shared. I even skipped those slides at the talk. There just wasn't oh. time. <laughs> it, 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 this is this is incredible. And as I say, we're out of time. So thank you, Valerie. Thanks for having me. It's been uh, wonderful having you for these two shows. My thanks to our guest, Valerie Varan, for sharing her investigations with us. If, if you'd like to listen to this show again or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. For information on IANS, check out their website at IANDS.org. And join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.